Underpowered Hour on this week's show, Disco Metro, what to do with a new Land Rover, favorite Land Rover accessories, and Land Rovers in the movies. Now, without further delay, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or check us out on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the screeching, impossibly slow wiper to Stephen's rain-sensing multi-speed wiper, the foggy windscreen of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. So this week in the news, uh, Land Rover Discovery, brand new model uh that is coming out um the uh the you know in the in land rovers seemingly never ending uh search for new models they've come up with the uh the land rover neapolitan which is neat because the paint is divided in three different colors you have uh, a pink uh a white and then a brown uh and it looks pretty cool it looks pretty cool <laughs> i think you're referring to the metropolitan edition and uh i i gotta say i had uh, already written out that joke and uh i'm disappointed that you stole it from me I but i'm glad that do it. i'm glad we <laughs> we're thinking alike yeah this uh this metropolitan edition it's a little bit upscale uh discovery new discovery i should say and uh, it features some um uh, metallic gray classy yes. understated uh sort of paint and uh, some trim accessories um Tell me a little bit more about it. What do you know? Yeah, I mean, it seems as though they are really building this one out to be specifically the sort of urban, again, the metro. Uh, you know, it's unclear. You can kind of go either way. Uh, the, the metro version of the Discovery, much more city-focused, much less sort of adventure-focused. And I wonder, do you think that's because the Defender is starting to uh, sort of eat away at the adventure side of what you would have bought a Discovery for Traditionally, if you were out there purchasing a, a Land Rover utility vehicle uh, more for its utility than uh, for its sport. And now that the Discovery is sort of needing to move a little more into the metro urban kind of space in order to kind of try to eke out some uh, some market share. Yeah, they probably can't call it the suburban, so uh, this kind of makes sense. Also, there's a little bit of a tie-in with the, uh, I guess, maybe the Metropolitan Police who use Discoveries. Uh, at least I've Ooh. seen some pictures of them using Discoveries in their sort of uh, white and uh, neon green and orange and blue, I think, livery. Yeah. Um, I saw a fire department recently that uh, had decked out one of the, or the fire rescue groups that they have in the UK that had decked out a new uh, Defender in the sort of same livery as the classic, you know, fire rescue Defenders, and it looked pretty cool. And I, I've definitely seen some some discos that are done up in the uh, in the police and uh, and fire rescue stuff. So yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, it makes sense, you know, where we have a, a Ford Explorer here as the sort of standard police vehicle now, right? They don't even do cars anymore; they only do the SUVs. 
I suppose it's sort of similar, although very upmarket, I would think, for a metropolitan uh, police force, unless it's a very fancy one. Yeah, I don't know. They don't have import duties, so maybe they can afford to use those cars for that purpose. But uh, certainly, historically, metropolitan police have used discoveries in the past. Uh, but I think you're right. You know, they're trying to separate the, you know, the two uh, cars, at least um, from a consumer perspective, uh, trying to give that you know adventure you know ruggedness uh, flair to the towards the defender and then uh, maybe move the discovery a little bit uh, up market in in these sorts of special editions yeah it's yet another special edition uh, Land Rover that uh, satisfies 1% of the potential market. We're, I think the total list of special editions, uh, hang on, let me check my notes here. It's actually uh, 179 different uh, special editions, uh, Land Rovers of various flavors. When you go to Land Rover's uh, website under special edition, you scroll for two and a half hours to get to the bottom of that uh, page. If you're, uh, And that's just the journal. first page. Just the first page. There's seven more <laughs> on, after that. So it's a good, it's a, <laughs> it's a, a week well spent uh, looking through all of the different uh, special editions. It's only a matter of time until we uh, we manage to convince them to do an underpowered hour uh, edition, which uh, will only yes. uh, feature a very high-end sound system uh, that only has our catalog of podcasts. You can't actually, <laughs> you can't play anything else. That's all that is available. I, I was uh, corresponding with one of our uh, listeners last weekend, and uh, he said, oh yeah, you, I, I listened to a bunch of your shows on a trip from uh, wherever I was uh, back to wherever he was going. And uh, he said, you know, in a lot of countries, that's like punishment for stealing or something. But, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed it. It took four hours to get there, and it felt like it took eight coming back. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's a, amazing. It's an easy way to elongate time in a very unnatural uh, way, which is how we build this show to advertisers. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, speaking of incredibly long and arduous journeys and ways to make them easier, even uh, longer, feel even longer. You, over the past two weekends, uh, give or take, have uh, been uh, collecting vehicles from all over the western part of the United States. So I thought it might be uh, interesting if we uh, did a new segment called uh, uh, What Do You Do? Uh, which uh, <laughs> at some point uh, we will get a clip from Speed. We're going to license that uh, clip. But uh, so, uh, you, you know, you have a, a bus traveling at 90 miles an hour. And if you uh, let off the throttle, it'll explode. Uh in that sort of vein, uh, you have a brand new Land Rover that you just picked up from some, uh, you know, a willing, maybe unwilling person's driveway, um, although almost always willing, let's be honest. And uh, what do you do with that car? Um, you know, when you, well, first of all, how do you drive something like that home? If you were thinking about doing that, what are the things that you go through? And then finally, once you have it home and it's ready to sort of start, uh, you know, being used or getting ready for restoration, what are some of the first things that you address on a car? Well, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. And uh, I will say I do not recommend that anyone does this because it's a terrible idea and it's unpleasant and most people would find it excruciating so but uh, in your in continuing efforts to uh, die in some kind of horrific automotive uh act vehicular manslaughter self-imposed uh you know yeah, we always knew it was going to happen. It was just a question of when. But yeah. uh, in this particular case, I had uh, looked at a uh, Land Rover pickup truck, 1966. Um, and, I, and when I say look at it, I looked at some photographs of it. Right. 
And uh, it was in California, which is new, normally a great place to buy Land Rovers because mm-hmm. they're they're rust free, generally speaking. Land Rovers mm-hmm. that have been here for a long time. And uh, I liked this one. It was straight and uh, it, it was, you know, original looking in the photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, but as often happens, when you get someplace, you find that uh, maybe you were looking at this or a vehicle with rose-colored glasses. So mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of issues with this car, and uh, driving it back was definitely not a good idea. You're probably familiar with that scene in Ghostbusters where Ray comes up and he's like, look, I got us a car. It just needs you know, a radiator and tires and a windshield and uh, the rebuilt engine and a transmission and uh, an oil change and shocks and uh, you know, like all the stuff. And mm-hmm. um, this car was kind of that car. And so we... We got there. I, I caught a ride with a friend of mine and uh, brought my bag of tools and my spares and, uh, you know, a tarp and, uh, you know, all the things that you normally bring for a car ride, you know, like a, a, a yeah. pressure gas lantern and, you know, you know, just all the stuff that you bring on any car ride. At least this one's a pickup truck and you don't have to lash it all the outside of a motorcycle. Yeah, and it, it had a canvas on the back, which I later would find out is uh, completely not weather tight or watertight at oh, all. Oh, good to know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get there, and uh, I guess I should have known uh, the Land Rover was parked directly across from the ocean. So uh, this is a car that uh, one year ago was in uh, in nice condition when I when I saw the photographs for the first time. Really pretty nice car, and in the intervening year, it had been bathed in daily salt water and fog. And so all the exposed uh, fasteners and uh, surfaces had accumulated surface rust and white powdery stuff on the galvanizing. And like mm-hmm. the underhood was all like scaly and, mm-hmm. you know, the radiators all green, all the copper on the radiators all green. So it was kind of gnarly to look at initially, you know, like it's not heavily corroded. There aren't holes in it, but it's just like definitely looks like it's been dredged up out of the ocean, you know, like, uh, not not what I had envisioned, you right. know. And so I was like, oh, well, cosmetically, it needs a lot of cleanup, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of cleaning and polishing and oiling. But mm-hmm. really, I think the important things for anybody to look at when you're evaluating a vehicle to drive home, which almost no one does. People buy yeah. Land Rovers off the Internet and they ship them home because uh, they don't want to go through what the sorts of things that I go through, which is, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like you said, self-imposed, but uh, mm-hmm. also miserable. So yeah. at any rate uh, – <laughs> At any rate, you know, you, you got to check all the fluids, you know, so it yep. was important to check uh, all the fluids, the steering box and uh, the steering relay and uh, swivel balls and axles and transmission transfer case. Uh, you know, I think typically o- the overlooked things are the steering. You know, people are pretty good about putting some oil in the engine. Yeah, and uh, they're, sometimes they're, they're yeah. less good about putting oil in the transmission and transfer case because it's mm-hmm. more of a hassle. But mm-hmm. um, and same goes with the axles, but almost never. Does the steering box have oil in it? It yep. is leaked out decades ago, and yep. no one has replaced it. So right. um, this uh, particular car... And the steering relay, I think a lot of people don't even know oil goes in there, as there's no filler, per se. That's true. That's true. We often find that people are like, oh, my steering is so stiff. And they're like, have you checked the oil? And they're like, what? So uh, you're right. You know, that's often overlooked. And mm-hmm. um, in this particular case, uh, that was true. All those uh, reservoirs had been overlooked. None of them had oil in them. Right. The engine was two quarts low and uh, oh. the radiator was one gallon low. And oh. uh, 
<laughs> so you, I mean, the guy just, he bought it and he drove his kids down to the beach, like, uh, you know, every week or two. And, uh, yeah. that's really all the use it's seen. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it did, it did run, but, uh, it was like questionable. And then we drove it yeah. around the neighborhood and we tried to drive it up this relatively steep hill in this neighborhood and, and, and the engine, uh, increased in RPM, but the speed, uh, decreased that's you know? never and a good sign never a good sign so the clutch was totally totally uh hosed in this car and mm-hmm. i was like oh well that's it i can't drive it you know but i decided to anyway right yeah <laughs> why would that stop you yeah. oh uh, also there was a broken leaf spring and uh, mm-hmm. the muffler was hanging off uh, sure. by uh missing some brackets and uh s- you know some of the electrical stuff worked but most of it needed some fooling with yeah so uh it was quickly getting dark by the time we got there and uh we agreed on a uh, somewhat lower price than the original asking price and i decided um that uh instead of uh bothering my brother and leaving it at his house in uh in the bay area i would attempt to drive it all the way home and if i didn't uh i would either you know have it go off a cliff or uh you know get a tow truck or you know whatever to get it home so uh that's that's how I proceeded. I made it um a hundred and about a hundred and ten miles the first evening mm-hmm. and uh, I had to stop thirteen times <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to fix the wipers and the heater and the lights um and uh, most of that stuff uh you know came back to life pretty easily uh there's all the fuses and fuse block were all corroded and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know the dis- the it, the timing was off and it the little vernier screw on the distributor wouldn't advance and yeah. uh, anyway I won't bore you with every stop but uh needless to say it required some tinkering but I made it to this uh really excellent one of my favorite camping spots on the California coast. It is a section of uh, Highway One mm-hmm. that uh, has been closed for like 50 years. They like just gated it off, and you know the road goes by the you know gate. And uh, I managed to guess the code again. Again, again. <laughs> and we don't so have any uh, any members of the uh, California, uh, I guess, what parks and uh, you know who division or whatever. Who knows? Who but knows? anyways, they're not listeners. So until that time, you're fine. You're good. Great, great gorilla camping spot. Great, yeah. great gorilla camping spot. I love it. So I uh, camped there for the evening and then uh, uh, subjected myself to uh, 17 hours more driving yesterday uh, with uh, many stops for uh, various fluids and batteries and uh, things that would keep a car like that going um Mm -hmm. and i find the easiest way to drive a car like that is to uh, pretend as if there's an egg between the accelerator pedal and your foot Mm -hmm. you're trying not to break it because uh you you step on it a little too much and uh then the clutch wants to slip you know so i uh i I managed to nurse it up and down all the hills and uh it it slipped some but i was careful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um Lots like of, a DeWalt drill set to one, set to one. really yes. not totally that to, useful, but totally. Uh, but yeah. it, you yeah. know, to its credit, it, it made it the entire way, and mm-hmm. uh, I didn't, I didn't die. Uh, yeah. there, it was touch and go there for a minute. Uh, there, there were some some angry semi truck drivers and oh, yeah. and these sorts of things. Uh, definitely some and- angry Tacoma drivers on the <laughs> high, on the highway. One, they seem to be the angriest. I don't know why their trucks yeah. never break down because well, they have a Tacoma. That's, you know, they're like you know, there's no so, joy in that. E- 
you know, the title of this segment was, uh, uh, what do you do when you're looking at a new Land Rover or what, you know, and this is kind of an anecdote of, of what we would do, but, um, you know, I think there's, there's two kinds of cars, right? There's, there's really reliable cars and then there's cars that, you know, the driver is reliable. So they just keep going forever. And I, yeah. I, I tend to be in that second category because, because I, I managed to buy all these cars sight unseen. And then uh, instead of towing them back, like like so many other shops would do, like, uh, you know, Land Rover Heaven, he's got his, uh, his Isuzu cab over NPR truck. And mm-hmm. he just like very comfortably tows them back listening to uh, some sort of book on tape. I, yep. I, I just want to drive them all back. Um, when I, uh, when I got the uh, Camel Trophy truck from France, there was a port strike on in Vancouver. And I managed to negotiate with the port of Vancouver to let me go and get this car out of this container. And so that's when the shipping company said, well, actually, there's another gentleman that we doubled up your, your crate with. And I'm like, oh, great. And they're like, but it just so happens that he was in a little earlier and tried to convince us of the same thing. Here's his information. If you two can work it out between yourselves to get them both out, we can see if the port will let you land the crate. So I find Mike, uh, who had bought a Mercedes fire truck that oh. he was going to turn into a like a food truck. Oh, and right so Mike and I go down to the port and uh, he's like, I have no idea if this is going to start or there's going to be air in the tires or anything. So we stop at the like parts store and get a battery. Uh, he has a trailer. Um, but the winch on his trailer doesn't have a battery. So we're also planning on just using this battery for his winch. Sure enough, we get it in. There's no way this fire truck is going to start. Sort of yanks the fire truck out of this crate. Um, and the discovery was there, screwed down to the, you know, strapped up and everything. And once we finally figured out that the, uh, you know, the uh, engine had been disconnected from the battery, we got it on. And then it was it was the same deal. We're just like, well, we're going to drive this vintage camel trophy truck that has been God knows where, uh, you know, basically back to uh, California. It made a brief stop on Vancouver Island. So we stuck it on a ferry, drove it onto the ferry and then and then kept it there for a little bit and then just basically drove it down to uh, drove it down to uh, California and got a flat tire every morning and we would go to i think i've told the story before we would go to a like a tire shop that morning and be like what do you have that's close to this size just give us one of those because we just put the spare on and we just need another spare because tomorrow one of these other tires is going to be flat there's no way it isn't and so we would just start every day we first went and got tools to change the tire because we didn't bring any of that with us on the airplane to vancouver and uh, yeah just slowly made our way back to california changing tires every so often doing fluids jump start it more than a couple of times but doesn't that sound like everybody's uh idea of a good time yeah super fun great way to spend uh (laughs) great way to spend a couple days you know there's there's no more fun than that so slept in the camel trophy truck uh, a little bit and uh yeah you know it's a great it's a good time though good time yeah, it was it was great. The car made it, and uh, now I've got to like tear it all apart, take the motor out, you know, take the axles mm-hmm. apart, blah mm-hmm. blah blah, fix mm-hmm. all that corrosion, etc. Yeah, et do all that sort of stuff. So, what is the first thing that you do when you get a like you got a new car and now it's safely back with you? What what are the first things that you tend to replace to make it like that? It, it's not worth trying to salvage something that you've just got to get in there and do, even if you're not going to restore the car for a little while, just things to make it drivable. 
I mean, that does depend on the car and every different, every car has needs. And, you know, this particular one did have a new wiring harness, but there was a lot of corrosion in the various terminals and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I probably need to go through and take all those off and clean them and put some dielectric grease on and put it back together. So the electrics are more reliable. And I find that's true of a lot of cars, you know, uh, their wiring has generally been monkeyed with over the years and uh, none of that stuff works, but frequently, you know, you can get some of the electrical stuff working, especially the important things, taillights, brake lights, etc., with uh, some some minor tinkering that yeah. at least makes it drivable. I finally decided to just replace the wiring harness in the stage one. Is uh, when I turn the headlights on, it gets uh, you know fifteen, uh, it gets fifty uh, percent cooler, and the gas uh, goes uh, half. So there's uh, amongst other insane electrical things that are going on and so there's so many little splices and cuts and replacements and rewires and grounds going to other grounds that then go back to the original bypasses and all sort of it's at some point you just got to say die and although it's a big job to do the wiring harness it saves so much uh, so much frustration down there. It, it is very frustrating road. to have a car where the lights turn off when you're driving along. It's really frustrating. And it's, yeah. and it's super dangerous, too. So uh, don't do that. And, uh, yeah. you know, look after your wiring. So uh, you're absolutely right. I, uh, I think that is, uh, that is important to, to get that wiring knocked out. You, uh, Lucas Electrics have a reputation for being terrible, but really it's any old car. They have... Yeah. Uh, Every old car has had a slew of owners that didn't care, and they were just mm-hmm. trying to make it work, and they did a terrible job of uh, whatever they were trying to do. Whatever generally, do. generally, what do they call them? Uh, spots, stupid previous owner tricks. It's yep. an ac- acronym for that, and uh, no more evident anywhere on the car than in the wiring are mm-hmm. those sorts of repairs. So, uh, yeah, try to get those sorted out. And We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. And now back to the show. So a uh, quick listener question uh, from one of our uh, patrons. Uh, we talked early on in one of the Camel Trophy, uh, one of the many times we've talked about Camel Trophies on the show, about uh, the Series 3 uh, Camel Trophy trucks that were used for a super, super limited amount of time. Um, and uh, that uh, listener asked, where uh, did I see that Series 3 Camel Trophy truck? And uh, unfortunately for them, uh, the only place I've ever seen one is at a Camel Trophy sort of day, event, whatever, at the uh, British Motor Heritage Museum in Gaydon. Uh, unfortunately, this listener uh, is from New Zealand. So in, well, uh, unless they happen to be uh, happen to be in the UK when one of those is going on, maybe you'll happen upon it. But it is a rare sight. I have only ever seen one in real life. Uh, and it was at it was at an event. And in fact, it was unattended. Um, and after attempting to steal it and uh, contracting a pretty serious uh, case of tetanus, uh, the owner never uh, never showed up. And so I wasn't able to get more information about it. But uh, well, you probably got what you deserved. Um, yeah, those were those were <laughs> those were rare cars. You know, they only used them, I think, one or yeah. maybe yeah, one year. Yeah, and one year. Uh, uh, they only had, what, 20 cars at the mm-hmm. time? So and they got the shit beaten out of them. The ever, uh, yeah, I mean, there was just nothing left. And I think a lot of them got left. I had thought that they had all been left. But in fact, uh, apparently some of the, one has been found. Or And from all inspection, it, it looked like an original car. It may, I suppose, have been a replica. But it was the most well-aged replica I've ever seen in my life then. Uh, That's pretty cool. They took an already crazy old car and made a replica of an even crazier older car. Which, you know, hey, that's cool. If that's yeah. the case. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's that. Um, on the uh, on the uh, topic of Land Rover accessories, Ike, mm-hmm. I uh, mm-hmm. this week, um, as you know, my uh, eighty inch only has one uh, side mirror, and uh, I don't like uh, a lot of the center mirrors that are available for eighty inches. I know a lot of people retrofit in um, center mirrors and stuff. I always feel like it just doesn't look quite right. It's sort of there's there's a certain charm to having only the one. Uh, side mirror off the side of the uh, windshield frame. Um, but I did manage to procure a suction cup rear view mirror. Yes. So a little suction cup rear view mirror that I stick on the uh, windscreen now. And uh, I have to say, it makes it, uh, you know, just that little bit safer to drive. That is already the least safe car you can drive. Motorcycles are safer than that car because at least you'll be thrown off in an accident. The the 80 inch tends to retain you on the inside as it uh, bursts into flame. But uh, but having a little stick on, it's really, it's going to say pretty handy, pretty handy. It is pretty handy. You can often find them in the bargain section or the discount bin in your local uh, auto parts store. They frequently turn up there for whatever reason. The yeah. kind to get is the slightly convex one, so mm-hmm. you can really see out. But it is nice that you have no modifications. I bought one. Uh, again, when I bought uh, some stupid Land Rover in some stupid place and was driving it home, and I was like, you know what? I really should have a mirror on this car. And I mm-hmm. got one of those, and I got to say, it's still on there. I, I really <laughs> actually like it. And uh, yeah. because because I have a reoccurring dream of a clown appearing behind me in the shower, mm-hmm. I also installed one on the tile in my shower. And yeah. it's, uh, Just so you can kind of get a sense <laughs> of what's going on. It's a fine idea, actually. You know, I may get no a whole one, box. No one. one can sneak up on me in the shower now. <laughs> I want to say it was about $8 on Amazon. And I can't, I, when it was like Amazon was like, here's something you might like. And I'm like, you know what? That is something I would like. And, uh, and I guess, you know, I mean, I know they exist. I had just never thought. I'd never put that together with uh, the 80-inch. Knowing, again, not that I, I, you know, whatever. If you have a center mirror in your 80-inch, you're more than welcome to do whatever you want. Uh, it's your car. Um, but, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, of of overly modernizing that particular car. And so it's just a really nice compromise as I drive it on the road all the time. And uh, I uh, like to, uh, you know, that little extra being able to see behind me instead of this small, uh, you know, powdered compact mirror that is uh, available on the one side of it. I suppose I could put one of those on the other side too. I, uh, I have just never, um, I've just never done it. Series ones in the United States never came with rear view mirrors. And so every series one I've ever had, which is a lot, probably, probably a hundred cars. And, uh, they've all had that different rear view mirror. And I really wish I had a picture of each one to make a photo collage out of. So, cause they're all different. My favorite my favorite is actually um, in a car that I recently sold, and it and it was an American accessory mirror, which makes sense on an American mm-hmm. car. Yeah, but uh, it, it was you know oftentimes you see one repurposed out of another type of car. But before yeah. the war, you know, it was common to have accessory mirrors. You could you know you would buy an accessory mirror, and this one is called the Hind View Mirror. <laughs> which uh <laughs> which I really like. Yeah. And so it's uh it's in a 5788 station wagon and I I I got to say it's it's charming and it's part of the car. I'm not taking like it out it. of there. 
Yeah. I like it. I like the hind view. The official official underpowered hour. Hind view mirrors. Hind view mirrors. On the underpowered hour store. Um, I, what's just your a favorite? Sticker. Uh, it's just a sticker of a butt on a mirror. <laughs> hind view. It is a view of a hind. So yeah. there you go. Uh, I, what is your favorite uh, Land Rover accessory for this week? My favorite Land Rover accessory, which, uh, you know, I just realized has been a long time favorite, but I just came to the realization that I have to have one in every car is a squeegee. I got to have a squeegee uh, yep. in my mm-hmm. car. It's uh, related to the mirror windscreen. Got to see yep. where you're going. And uh, the Land Rover heaters, uh, traditionally, I would say, are pretty anemic. That little mm-hmm. Smith's round heater or the previous generation Clayton heater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand how the British live on an island that's foggy and cool and like a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, hundred percent of the time, and they can't figure out how to make good windshield wipers or yep. a good heater. And so the uh, squeegee solves both of those problems. So if you yep. rain X the outside and you mm-hmm. squeegee the inside, you can actually see where you're going. Which, um, yep. yeah, I gotta say, it's 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 huge. Uh, and and also every time I do it, every time I see myself like from a third person perspective squeegeeing the windshield of the car, I think. God, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you that the the you know just the Defender is no better. And when we are not so much here because there's no moisture in California anymore, we've done away with that as a civilization now. But uh, you know, back in Canada, it was always muddy, and I would have the squeegee in the car with me and just reach out the window and squeegee mud off the windshield because the wipers don't do anything. Um, and uh, so I would just uh, I would just squeegee it off the window from the outside, and uh, that works pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good accessory. That's a really good accessory, the uh, the squeegee. So get yourself a squeegee with a rear view, with a hind view mirror attached to it, and you're uh, you're really set for all situations. You're pretty much uh, good to go. Well, maybe we'll have to add that to the underpowered hour store as well, the uh, the hind view squeegee. <laughs> hind view squeegee. You can squeegee things behind you then. Like you don't even have to turn around to do the rear window. You could just look in the mirror and do the squeegeeing. That yeah. sounds like a that sounds like somebody's going to hurt themselves. I'm we are not it. responsible for that. We're, we're Our available does for, uh, not cover that on-site squeegeeing. Um, <laughs> then we'll come to your house with our mobile squeegeeing unit. Um, so finally, uh, Ike Land Rovers in the movies. This is a, uh, a hotly requested movie that uh, has been requested at least a time, if not several times. Um, that, of course. Mm-hmm. I've gotten at least thirty requests to the point where I can't even I can't even open them anymore. Can't keep I'm, up with them anymore. Yeah. The mail is flooding into the underpowered hour mailroom. Uh, the mailroom staff are starting to uh, complain that we have yet moved to email, but yeah, we're just not one hundred percent sure yet. I don't know if that technology is sticking around. It's it's a fad. Yeah, we'll see. So Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, will, some say, one of the more famous Land Rovers in the movies, which is, I, I mean, I guess it was a very popular movie. I guess that's okay. But the uh, the Series 2A 88-inch uh, car that they used uh, for that film and, uh, you know, brought nearly to ruin. Uh, what do you know about that car, Ike? What's, uh, where is it? Do you know? Well, I would say they ruined a series of cars for that movie. I think there are a series a couple, of series. A series of series. Uh, they were all short wheelbase 88 wagons. I think they were prepared by one of the Land Rover restoration companies on the East Coast. They kind of dug up some, uh, you know, crappy Land Rovers out of their junkyard. And with uh, a little bit of Hollywood magic, mm-hmm. they painted them all to match and uh, got them running or at least, uh, you know, rolling mm-hmm. for the various scenes that they used in the movie. But they they used, I want to say, at least four 
series yeah. landowners, maybe five. Um, one of the shops that I worked for when I first started working on landowners, when I was way back in high school, um, they bought all of the vehicles after the movie was made. Mm. And, and if you haven't seen the movie, there's a few, um, you know, famous scenes where, uh, the, uh, title character or titular character is Ooh. driving around. <laughs> I, I can never, uh, pass up any, any opportunity to say titular. You only have so many, so you have to take them when they come. <laughs> so, uh, so he's he's driving and uh, he actually rolls it like seventeen times into yeah. a parking space and it lands perfectly and and that's a it's a comedic element in the film and uh, it's pretty funny it's pretty yeah. funny. There's also one point where the tropical uh, top is flapping back and forth and uh, I think which maybe happens. one of the doors or something. Yeah, it'll happen. I'm, which yeah, happens? It's a feel up on you and the I, doesn't one get run over by a monster truck too? I think at one at point. some point. Yeah, I mean it. It, it has a rough ride, uh, but They're it is. Hard I mean, it's them. a really famous. Uh, that's a big movie, and and that is a famous use of a, a Land Rover. A lot of people recognize uh, the car from that uh, film. They so. do. Yeah, they do. It was a popular movie at the time, and they've even made like little miniatures or little models of the cars from that movie not that there were one car but there were several but uh yeah at, at any rate ace ventura pet detective a little bit of uh, crude humor and uh, some land rover destruction one of the vehicles uh, was fitted with a pyrotechnic uh like um cannon underneath it so that it could mm -hmm. flip over yeah. uh you know as it was driving along as as if land rovers need help with that yeah they don't need any help it's actually it's a piece of telephone pole that they they don't really do that anymore but they certainly back then used to like shoot a chunk of telephone pole out the bottom of the car which would cause it to flip over and nowadays it's a specialty uh hydraulic uh pneumatic combo pneumatic hydraulic thing and it can flip a car over into the next space sitting right beside it it's absolutely amazing and quite high in the air. It's really we should very we elegant. should get some of those and fit them to some cars. And when people push their horn button, it just flips <laughs> <them> over. <laughs> just flips over. It's the ultimate practical joke. You know, as soon as those people come out of the full body cast, they are gonna I'm very very funny. Good spirit, good spirit. So, yeah, that's cool. I like the I like the Ace Ventura. Um, you know, uh, Jim Carrey is a Canadian, of course. So uh, we're required by uh, law. Uh, by Crown Law to uh, to it's mention part of, that anytime. part of your citizenship. I believe. Yeah, anytime someone is Canadian and another Canadian is talking about them, you need to point out the fact that they are Canadian. That is the uh, that is the rule that we all live by. Do you have so. a handshake? There is a handshake, but I can't uh, share it with you. I, it be, uh, I, I treason. Think. I think I think I've seen it, and it's really less of a handshake and more of a tickle, isn't it? It's a little bit of a tickle. It's a little bit of a tickle. Yeah, a bit of a I mean, if you're doing it right, if you're doing it right, yeah, it's nice. That's why Canadians are always so happy. The old um, Canadian tickler. The old Canadian tickler. That's for a different. That's for a different episode. So, if you too would like to get your own Canadian tickler, uh, head to theunderpoweredhour.com, where you can find uh, great products. Great products like uh, you can get the uh, Ike Goss worn uh, underpowered hour t shirts. Yep. Yep. Still some special edition stickers available, but I have to tell you, like, they are moving fast. Flying off the shelves. They are uh, flying off the shelves. Uh, there's magnets available. And uh, keep checking in because uh, we're always adding new and more ridiculous products to mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. Underpowered Hour shop. Uh, so please feel free to get in there and uh, and shop around. Uh, 
we are going to do gift cards for Christmas because one person asked me for a gift card. Yes. So I, I figured out how to do it. So if you have a, a coworker, a loved one, uh, perhaps someone you put into the hospital because of a car flipping practical joke, um, <laughs> and uh, you want to make uh, it even worse, uh, consider an underpowered hour shop gift card. Um, <laughs> you know, that's the great way to tell somebody that you really don't care for them. You really, you know. I'm going to get one for just about everyone on my list. <laughs> Everybody on my list gets Everybody on my list. <laughs> I didn't say which list, but it's for my own stuff, for the they're stuff gonna get it. on my website. <laughs> yes. They'll also get an autographed picture of me. Um everyone, my mom every year likes an autographed photo of myself. Um and so will everybody else. So we're going to send those out, getting ready, get on our that's Christmas a, list early and great. often. Yeah. That's why great. not? Why not? All right, Ike. Well, it has been uh, a pleasure as always. Uh, some very exciting stuff coming up in the uh, future. Some neat interviews. Um, much, uh, much magic and delight coming into the Thanksgiving and Christmas season, the holiday season, if you will. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. We'll see you next week. All right, Stephen, you're a gentleman and a scholar. I'm looking forward to it. Powered Hour is produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.